This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Rod Kurtz. Welcome to a special Alberta budget edition of The Loop. Min Darawal is still recovering from jet lag after getting back from Beijing. Claire Bonnyman is on vacation, so I am your host. We're recording this week's podcast just a couple of hours after Alberta Finance Minister Travis Taves delivered his fourth budget. And I asked him about the balanced budget. So we're not, we're not projecting, you know, wild boom times in terms of energy prices. Now, we may have that, but we're not projecting that in this budget. What, what this budget really... Um, really does report is our significant fiscal progress that we've made over the last over the last three years. NDP leader Rachel Notley doesn't like the Kenny government's plan. I asked her about the budget's dependence on resource revenue. In terms of other sources of revenue, we continue to see the process where income taxes that regular families and, and fam- individuals are paying has gone up by about $2 billion this year. But corporate income tax, even though we've seen a 30% increase in profitability, is actually down by about a billion. So uh, the, the UCP plan of, of making Albertans pay the cost of uh, corporate giveaways continues, and uh, and it makes us even more vulnerable uh, should uh, we end up in another you know revenue roller coaster dip. We have invited two people to talk about the Alberta budget today. Graham Thompson is a political columnist. We've also got Talisha Thorogood. She's a senior business advisor at Faskin Martineau Dumoulin and a former Conservative staffer. So welcome to both of you. Let's dive right into this. Uh, You've both seen governments present their budgets from behind the scenes. Maybe give me a sense, Talisha, you start. Just what's it like in the corridors of power on a day like this? Well, thank you for uh, thanks for having me. Great to be uh, great to be on the podcast. And uh, I mean, it's it's a busy day, obviously for for governments uh, and for the opposition. Uh, it's probably the busiest day of the year, and it's the the biggest day in terms of uh, both from a policy perspective, but then from a communications perspective. Uh, staffers, ministers, and the premier alike uh, are all involved in this process, um, and they will be busy on it for for the months to come as well as they continue uh, the communications uh, around the budget. Uh, Additionally, I think the opposition uh, and uh, MLAs, they will also be um, extremely busy for for months to come. Today especially, um, obviously, uh, we see the opposition uh, come out immediately on this, um, and you'll see that, uh, I think, continue as it's uh, debated in the legislature. Graham, you've done a bunch of these over the years. Um, You know what's in it before we're actually able to tell. Is it still fun kind of keeping the secret, or is that that an annoyance (laughs) at this point? Oh, it's always an annoyance for a reporter to be given information and told you can't talk about it. So, uh, yeah, the, the, today was um, it was not a big surprise, of course. Kenny has been, the Premier has been uh, telegraphing uh, an optimistic budget and uh, it could be balanced. And, uh, you know, there'll be money uh, next year potentially for um, uh, natural gas rebates. The price goes up above, above a certain amount. So not a big surprise today. So we all... It wasn't any sort of big news we were keeping a lid on. It was something we expected. What I thought was interesting, of course, was um, the tone wasn't as, I guess, it wasn't a big celebration for the government. Uh, because I think, A, they're still being relatively cautious because we know COVID can come back to bite us. 
uh, the government's been chastened the last two years because of um, the price of oil dropping so quickly, so fast. And also what's happened in Ukraine. I talked to uh, Travis Taves um, uh, a few hours after the budget um, was dropped, and uh, he said that, you know, that does um, you know, chasten them. It, that does make them be a lot more somber today, uh, looking at what's happening in Ukraine, as opposed to what the good news is coming out in this budget. Um, not to steal from ACDC, but uh, we are back in black, it looks like, in terms of the finances. Um, but oil prices kind of once again bailing us out. Is this a historic day for Alberta's finances, uh, Talisha, or are we just uh, riding the same roller coaster? I would say that uh, it is a historic day in some respects. I think the government is clearly speaking to their base in this budget with the key priorities that it included um, and are really trying to uh, bring people back into the tent, but also not uh, turn off potential swing voters with the election next year. Uh, It's obviously a balanced budget with a focus on innovation uh, and economic growth uh, and historic renewable energy investments, as well as uh, budget increases, um, small budget increases in the area of healthcare. Um, So I think it was um, historic in some respects, but unsurprising to most, uh, given uh, the preemptive uh, communications in advance of today. Yeah. And Graham, I mean, historically, this is Alberta. I mean, revenue, royalty revenues have have driven things for a long, long time in this province. And when prices are high, we benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And we're still on that roller coaster. I talked to Travis Taves uh, after the the address, and he said, look, there'll be a tendency for people to look at this not as just a rebound in energy prices. It's much more than that. The thing is, though, a lot of this recovery was energy prices. Two things, energy prices, oil prices, as well as the royalties. Um, You know, we saw in the last year uh, companies in the oil sands that reach what's called a payout, and they're they're paying higher royalties now. So that's beyond Kenny's control. That was actually thanks to Ed Stelmack a decade ago. The price of oil, of course, is, is up natural gas is up. So a lot of this is on the back of the recovery in energy prices. So the government's going to say, well, look, it wasn't just that. They were keeping a lid on on spending. The economy is rebounding. But you think back a year ago, uh, they're looking at maybe a total of $3 billion in total uh, resource revenue. And this budget is going to be $14 billion in resource revenue. So that has helped them out tremendously. And that, that's going to be a target and a problem for the government because if the price can drop, of course, now it's actually spiking in part because of what's happening in Ukraine. But if the price drops, then they're in trouble. And there's a surplus here. It's very important to have a symbolic surplus, if nothing else. But that is $500 million compared to a $63 billion budget that could easily be wiped out if the price of oil was to drop. And of course, we just don't know what's going to happen because of COVID has shown us it can come back to bite us. So there's a lot of questions still being asked about this that won't be answered for another 12 months. But I think that uh, Talisha is right. This is Kenny focused on his base, focused on uh, winning back Albertans. But more importantly for him, more urgently for him, is to win back the support of his own party as he heads into that leadership vote in Red Deer on April 9th. I want to talk a little bit about health care. Let's dive into these numbers for a bit. Uh, $600 million more to health care, to health, in each of the next three years for a total of $1.8 billion. Um, is that a drop in the bucket, Talisha? Is that enough? Should it be more? Uh, your thoughts. 
I found it uh, quite interesting that one of the key priorities, uh, you know, posted online and something that they used as a uh, as a top line was building healthcare system capacity. Um, so, I mean, of the three different uh, key priorities, that was one of them. Um, I think that the total of six hundred million uh, in the operating expense budget. Um, I think it was a way for them to uh, showcase that it is a priority for them, but also uh, continuing to make sure that, uh, you know, that they were still having that surplus um, and making sure that, you know, we were ready in case of uh, future uh, pandemic um, issues that we've been facing, uh, but also uh, ensuring that we're set up for the future. Graham, you think, though, it's not nearly enough? Well, you certainly hear that from the NDP that the government's not spending nearly enough on health care. And there's this, of course, moved by the government to um, uh, put more surgeries in the hands of private clinics. So this is uh, not privatizing health care. This is more private delivery of health care, still paid for by the public system. But you're going to see, of course, and this has happened even under the NDP government when they were in power. It's happened, but it's happening more and more under this government and the NDP is saying, look, this is the government sort of heading to you know, privatize our healthcare system. That's an overstatement, but the NDP is all about healthcare these days. This is going to be their big issue heading into the election next year. And they're going to hammer this hard by saying the government is not spending nearly enough on healthcare. When you got like $22 billion is their budget um, and $600 million is the actual amount that's increased. Um, they're saying that's not, not nearly enough when you take into account uh, the the um, cost of living, uh, the inflation, um, population growth. So expect this to be, um, even though it's a, a lot of money in the government's eyes to try and justify what they're doing in health care, the government, of course, is trying to put a lid on spending. So they're trying to say, look, uh, this budget's not just about more oil and money coming in. It's also about keeping a lid on spending. And part of that is keeping a lid on health care and education and other, other expenses. Even though they are getting more money to health care, you're going to find critics saying this is not nearly enough. And we'll be seeing how this plays out over this year. In time for the next election, will this, the operating uh, expenses that they're putting into it right now, will it actually help bring down the backlog of surgeries? And expect to see the government's critics watching those numbers really carefully. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Calgary and Edmonton in this budget. Uh, certainly when you look at the numbers, uh, Calgary fared much better than Edmonton. I totaled it up just really quickly. Something in the range of $143 million in different projects for Calgary, a whole bunch of different things they're working on in Calgary. $143 million roughly total. Uh, Edmonton, just under $50 million for over three years. Uh, to begin construction of a new uh, brain center at the University of Alberta Hospital. Is this Kenny sending a message to Amarjeet Sohi, uh, the mayor of Edmonton, since he used to be a Trudeau cabinet minister, Graham? Well, <laughs> you know, I asked uh, Travis Tate in an interview a little while ago about this. You know, is he sending a message? And my question was, you know, Sohi, you're right, is not happy at all. He feels completely let down by this budget and uh edmonton of course has only one all ndp except for one riding um that's um casey madu's riding in edmonton southwest and the question was you know is this a message to edmonton is we being punished and he said absolutely not he said he rejects that completely uh he was saying look um he said i'm quoting he said spending moves around the province from year to year so, the, you know, Edmonton and Calgary don't get equal amounts every year. 
And so it moves around. And he says that um, they found more projects that were justifiable in Calgary. That doesn't mean that they're ignoring Edmonton. But you're right. The numbers will show that you know people are, will be angry in Edmonton, I imagine. And certainly the mayor is disgruntled by this. But you, know, you can say politically, you know, the, the votes for the uh, UCP government are in, Ed, are in Calgary and, uh, and outside the major cities. Uh, but the Minister of Finance uh, is rejecting the notion that the government is somehow punishing Edmonton that has a uh, former liberal cabinet minister as mayor and has all but one seat for the NDP. Delisha, what's your take? Is there politics at play here? I think everything's political. Uh, with the world having been, I think, the way it has been for the past couple of years, I think many often forget that we're only just over a year from the next provincial election scheduled for the end of May. Uh, the UCP have only a year to really build back support, and we know that they've they've had some trouble. Uh, and to craft a narrative that Albertans will buy into in 2023, I think they probably are looking at the fact that uh, there is only currently the one seat in Edmonton. Um, and I think that uh, they're looking at creative ways that they could keep that surplus while still investing in key areas that could contribute to their priorities um, and really the plan that I, they're already under, you know, undergoing for uh, and strategizing for for the next election. Um, I think that they're they're currently um, they're currently looking at that, but I think that it will be certainly interesting to see uh, what's included in the 2023 uh, budget and how that will differ from this year's. If Maybe we should take a moment, start and stop here and talk about winners and losers, since I know there will be much talk in the next few days, lots of reaction uh, in the weeks to come about uh, this latest budget. Maybe let's talk about that. Uh, uh, Talisha, who are maybe winners and losers in your view? Good question. I think uh, I think certainly uh, the tech and innovation sector. Um, I think that's been an area that uh, has currently been a priority, and we've seen that over the last uh, last year, especially. Um, what was incredibly surprising to me, if you look back in the party's platform from 2019, uh, there was no mention of energy sources like hydrogen. Uh, but now this has become a key part of the governance vernacular. Uh, including the addition in this budget of a $40 million investment in clean in a clean hydrogen center of excellence. So that's one area, both in kind of the tech innovation, uh, CCUS, uh, companies that are investing in clean energy sources. Uh, I think that is a is a really interesting area that's uh, become, as we've seen, more of a priority over the last uh, year or so um, of the governance government's mandate. I think in terms of uh, in terms of losers that we've seen, I think many will spin the uh, the healthcare side, which is understandable given uh, you know they're spending. $600 million being added uh, to the operating budget, as we previously discussed. But uh, I mean, it's it, they're spending in different areas than some would probably uh, prefer them to do. I think that there's also, um, I think some people will also look at uh, the areas of advanced education, universities, uh, and education more generally as, as other areas that uh, have are, are losing in this budget. And of course, as we uh, spoke about uh, the municipality side. Graham, what about you? Winners and losers here. Yeah, I'm looking purely at politics here, and I would say right now, Kenny is the winner this, and Travis Taves as the treasurer, the finance minister is a winner as well. So as Kenny, um, I would say that he is definitely a winner coming out of this. You know, you can argue um, how it's going to play out, but going back to Talisha's comments uh, about, you know, he's playing to his base. Um, I think you could say that Calgary wins, Edmonton loses. Um and again, he's playing to his base, and his base is not in Edmonton. His base is in the, well, Calgary, but really areas outside the major cities. 
So he, he's playing to a conservative base here. I think that he's a winner right now today. We'll see how it plays out. The loser, you can say, and politically, you can say the, one, the, the NDP then is the loser. We'll see how that plays out because um, this has given Kenny a boost. Now, the NDP can play this with their own base saying, look, he's doing this on the backs of working Albertans, that this, you know, the, the rebate on natural gas uh, isn't going to help you this winter. It, it, it might not even help you next winter because the price has to hit a certain threshold of 650 per gigajoule. And we haven't even hit that this winter. So you're going to have the NDP saying that um, this is not the budget that's going to win back Albertans. Now, of course, they're talking politics. As Felicia says, it's all about politics. When it comes to a budget, it's really more about politics than it is about the finances. So I think right now, black and white, Kenny has won. We'll see who actually loses on this. City-wise, Edmonton loses, Calgary wins. Uh, and actually on that that phrase, building or balancing the budget on the back of Albertans, Public Interest Alberta has already put out a statement to that effect, uh, saying that is exactly yeah. the case. Talisha, I wanted to ask you this. Does a balanced budget and hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in, in extra health spending, does that make it harder for Rachel Notley to make the case that the UCPs need to go? I mean, if if you were Rachel Notley, what's the message you'd be trying to sell Albertans on? Yeah, so I think uh, I think with Rachel Notley, it's certainly um, a win for her in the areas that we've, we've already spoken about, about those uh, different uh, sectors and areas that, that are losing. I think for her, um, she definitely is going to uh, use this as a, as an opportunity to, to showcase uh which areas of the province are our priorities for the UCP and who uh, she'll communicate, I believe, that uh, maybe the UCP aren't prioritizing uh, and don't necessarily uh, care to uh, prioritize. So I think that for her, um, I, I think she'll probably see the budget as a win because it provides, uh, you know, areas for her to communicate and areas for her to uh, showcase, uh, you know, where the UCP um, aren't necessarily uh putting a priority on uh, in the year before an election. Graham, what do you think her pitch needs to be? Oh, listen, the pitch has been that this is, again, it's a cliche, but this is a government that uh, is balancing the budget in the backs of Albertans. We saw today the news conference talking about this does not help working Albertans. That this is going to be this, the really two big issues she'll be pushing for, and that is health care. doesn't do enough on health care, but also this does not do enough to protect Albertans, you know, we're seeing inflation go up, uh, the cost of living. And so she'll be pumping the message that this government does not actually do enough to help the average person. So when it comes to balancing the budget, to me, it's a very symbolically important message from the government. But the other issue is, like, do people see their lives actually improving? It's one thing to say with balance the budget is $500 million surplus this year. But if you are still unemployed or underemployed, you're not going to be very happy with this. Uh, This doesn't really matter to you. And the deficit doesn't really matter. Our surplus doesn't really matter. The NDP will be pushing that message that this budget, even though it may be good news for Kenny fiscally, it's not good news for Albertans. If we see that $500 million surplus, and if we see more surpluses, uh, in budgets to come, what do you think should be done with that extra money, Talisha? Should it, you know, pay down debt or reinvest or go into the heritage fund? What do you, what do you think should we should be doing with, you know, money over and above? 
I, I personally think that uh, it should be invested, um, I think, in uh, areas in which the government, I mean, in lead up to the election, what I think they, they would do would be to invest it in areas that they think will uh, win them votes in 2023. But I do think that it should uh, be used to pay down pay down debts um, because of, yeah, of areas that we we obviously need to do so um, going forward, and I think that uh, it should be should be saved for uh, potential essential issues in the future that we face, like we had with COVID nineteen, where additional spending was necessary. Graham, what do you think in terms of where the money should be going in terms of you know surpluses? Well, today that question was asked of Travis Tate. He said, "I'll go." He's hoping to put money back into the Heritage Savings Trust Fund. You know, the, our rainy day account that's been robbed basically over the years. They've just been ripping money out of that um, for for well, for generations, really, since um, the days of Don Getty. So they're hoping to put money back into the Heritage Savings Trust Fund. Um, I suspect what's going to happen if we get more money next year, and there will be a budget in another year. They must bring down a budget by the end of February at each year, and the next election's not until May, so there'll be a, a budget next year. And you know, you got to wonder if they'll start doing the old thing that Klein did, and that is um, buying people's votes with their own money. So if they have more money next year, they'll maybe start to spend it on Albertans, on programs to uh, try and uh, win votes before the 2023 election. You know, that is the old standby in politics. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, before that vote, uh, Kenny's leadership review. Uh, Talisha, has he bought himself some, some goodwill here? I, I think so. I think, however, that, you know, as I said, the government's clearly speaking to their base with this budget. Um, I think a balanced budget here does help the government and the UCP with those existing uh, fiscal hawk conservatives, uh, but they're already likely in the tent. Um, I think that this provided the UCP with some positive news stories from this budget um, that he'll be able to, to capitalize on for those weeks to come. However, those who are staunchly anti-Kenny, I, I don't think we're going to come back into the fold regardless of a balanced budget. Graham, final thoughts to you. Yeah, no, I agree that this is not the um, magic bullet that's going to turn things around for Kenny. It's going to help him. And there are people out there um, who have soured on Kenny. The thing is, those who soured on him because of the pandemic, they're very angry and they were threatening to, to drive themselves by the busload and necessary to the April 9th leadership vote to vote him out as party leader. And then effectively, he'll end his career as a premier. But I think that those people, the wind has been taken out of their sails by Kenny uh, lifting restrictions. We'll see what actually happens in the days, weeks to come when it comes to COVID. But lifting restrictions takes the winds out of their angry sails. And the balancing the budget might is not going to be the one thing. But it's part of a, uh, a, a pattern, a narrative that Kenny is building saying things are improving. The economy is improving. We're going to lead the country in growth this year. And we're going to have more jobs and here is just the start. Here's a budget with a balanced budget. And of course, that won't be proven wrong you know, for months and months from now. If in fact it does go south, we won't know that until well after the leadership vote on April 9th. Well, I appreciate you both joining us to have a talk about uh, the budget. Budget days are always interesting. And of course, we will continue to monitor reaction and uh, see how this all unfolds in the, the months and years to come. Thanks again for doing this. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for having us. And that is a special Alberta ed- budget edition of The Loop. 
A big thank you to our audio engineer, Corey Haberstock. Claire and Min will be back next Friday with another edition of The Loop. You can download previous episodes right now at CBC Listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.